Hi, and welcome to the I Meet Hotel podcast with industry updates, expert guests, and musings on what the future of travel and hospitality might look like. Every week, we'll bring you a new topic we find interesting through our work in this business with your host, Kristen Lipinski. We also want to hear from you. If there's something you'd like us to talk about on one of our next episodes, email us at info at imeethotel.com or find us on LinkedIn at imeethotel. Welcome to I Meet Hotel, the podcast. My name is Christian Lipinski, and I will be your host today. Now, let's just jump right into today's episode. This week, we welcome Patrizio Ambrosetti. He's a digital nomad since 2015, former exec of WeWork and Selena, entrepreneur in the hospitality industry with Toa Partners and Hotel. Welcome to the show, Patrizio. It's great to have you back in the I Meet Hotel program. It's been like two years. How are you, my friend? Hey, Christian, thank you so much for having me. Yes, it's been quite a long time. We met in Amsterdam in 2020, March 2020, and then everything happened. But uh, great to be back here uh, with you and great to see what's, what, what's the progress of, of Amit Hotel, what you guys are working on. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a quite, a, quite a change over the last two years and seeing that I started in live events, I didn't know how much more I could do since there was no more live events. But luckily, we're coming around that corner. We're looking for live events again. Uh, and we got some exciting news with IME Hotel, uh, but we'll update everybody on that as it comes out. Now, let's just get to today's episode. Um, I know you've worked with a range of brands in co-working, co-living, hospitality sector, from launching Uber in Italy in 2013 to building one of the largest membership clubs uh, in Rome. You have quite a career so far. Uh, and in terms of our subject matter here at IME Hotel, I'm thinking of WeWork and Selena as two major ones that you worked with. Maybe you can give us a quick rundown of your experience in these industries, you know, the things that you were doing, the value that you were adding to them in your various roles. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's, been a, it's been a very, uh, very exciting like, career so far. Um, I started with fast growing companies, as you say, with Uber, but my, mm-hmm. I, probably my best experience was uh, um, expanding WeWork globally. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, the number one hire in the international team of WeWork by that time in 2015, early 2015, we were 250 Americans, 25 locations in the US, and the company was looking to expand very aggressively into Europe uh, mm-hmm. uh, without marketing budget, without advertising budget. So they needed like, uh, you know, like a person, yeah. yeah, they needed like a person to hire and to yeah. fly there and to, to make to make things happen. So yeah, I started I started in London in uh, early 2015 and for 2 years we opened uh, six international markets around Europe. Mm. I can tell you that nobody knew what WeWork was. There was like no like really lots of news about that, mm. no lots of articles. Like everything started probably like one year and a half, two years after. Uh, and then uh, uh, let's also remember that by the time in 2015, uh, the biggest player in the industry of co-working, let's not really say co-working, maybe like pro- like provider of offices mm-hmm. was Regus, mm-hmm. uh, which was like, you know, different kind of style of offices, like different kind of style of product for people. And the word co-working was not sexy as it started to be thanks to WeWork. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I moved to London and I started pitching like influencers, investors, uh, politicians, uh, you name it. I was pitching WeWork and people were just saying, what is that? Is yeah. that, uh, uh, you know, you guys providing jobs? It's this platform yeah. that is competing with LinkedIn. So not at all. So yeah, it was, a, it was an amazing experience. Uh, actually, our biggest competitor was not Regus, was not like corporate offices, was not uh, co-workings that were already existing. Mm-hmm. But what we want to do by the time was really 
this up the industry of how people work. So how people interact with other people, how people like interact with the community and together like create like more opportunities for for themselves and for you know businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's a you know a great start. Uh, I did that for a couple of years. I expanded like uh, as I said before, six international markets uh, around Europe. Uh, and and after that, I, I I got a chance to work with more co-workings and more co-leadings, uh, uh, advising many companies. Uh, till the time that I joined Selena in 2019, mm-hmm. uh, Selena is a is a smaller company, so not the the scale of WeWork. WeWork now has 850 locations in the world. Selena is a, a hospitality brand. Uh, it's a hotel company. Mm-hmm. So what Selena does creates a space uh, uh, with different kind of products inside. So you can stay at Selena, you can surf at Selena, you can work at Selena. It's one of the best brands right now in the hospitality industry for digital nomads, surfers, mm. people into like wellness, uh, yoga. And, and so I started in 2019 with Selena and I expanded uh, the company to US and to Europe as well. I was part of the team uh, that actually went through the pandemic, which was, you know, probably one of the hardest time for the hospitality industry since history. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very exciting to actually uh, build like more locations and to adapt to the pandemic and to be ready for the new wave of traveling in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I brought to these companies my experience of expansion. So how to expand the company globally. And as well, I, I actually uh, made an impact in these companies with uh, talent acquisition, like hiring like amazing talent that stayed in the company for a long time. And recently with Selena, I was in charge of partnerships, mm-hmm. global partnerships and local local partnerships, which was very interesting because during the pandemic, there was not really global partnerships that we could build, nice. but it was actually, let's build local partnerships. Let's build partnership with startups. Let's build partnerships with local businesses. Mm-hmm. So in that, in that way, we can help each other. We can support each other. We can go through this pandemic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, great, great companies and great future for both companies. Oh yeah. And I've seen recently that Selena has gone uh, public. So they've done really, really well uh, in these couple of years that especially been really tough with, uh, for a lot of hospitality companies. So it looks like they're on the right track and the things that are coming out, it's a uh, you know, on my bucket list to go is to one of the Selena properties. It just looks so cool of what they've produced there. Um, you know, you, you touched on something about being a digital nomad. We mentioned that, you know, since 2015, this has kind of been your route. Um, but, you know, it's kind of become a trendy label. Oh, I'm a digital nomad uh, or I, you know, I'm a remote worker. And I think those two are kind of getting uh, a bit clouded, a little bit gray there. And since you've you've lived this uh, digital nomad life. Maybe you can give us a definition between the difference between remote workers and a digital nomad and, you know, why you chose this way of life for yourself. Yeah, absolutely, Christian. Thank you for bringing this up. This is a very important topic. So let's start with this. I became digital nomad in 2015 by necessity. I was traveling the world for WeWork mm-hmm. and WeWork asked me to be on the road. So I didn't have a place to stay. I was just like living in hotels. I lived after, after, actually in uh, 59 hotels for midterm, like kind of like one month, two months, three months for like two years. So mm-hmm. like you can see like, you know, the intensity of traveling. Mm-hmm. 
And I, and then I realized that actually the life was cool and I want to be a nomad. And after WeWork, I moved to Asia. I moved to uh, Thailand in this small town called Chiang Mai, mm-hmm. uh, which by the time was just starting to, to be like a cool community of digital nomads. And I started understanding what are digital nomads. So uh, by the time I realized that digital nomads are people that, is, like what people think of digital nomads, some people think that digital nomads is a job. Mm. It's not a job. Digital nomads is a lifestyle. Right. So you, you, are, you do your job. You are maybe like a freelancer. You work maybe for a company that gives you 100% remote policy flexibility you are an entrepreneur you work on digital you are you, you can be almost like there are like tons of tons of jobs that you can do while you travel the world and 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 so like i, I started realizing that nomads digital nomads were people that were on a in a place uh, for like a couple of months and by the time the reason why these people were just for maybe like two three months in a place was due to the visa situation mm, sure. is actually completely different right now. So we are talking about uh, 2015, where people were doing the famous visa run, which is something that is, is actually like cool. Uh, I did that in many countries. Mm-hmm. And actually, the most exciting was going to Myanmar and getting a bus from uh, Chiang Mai to Myanmar for like five hours, walking through the border, getting a stamp of my passport, walking through the border back to Thailand and getting another bus for five hours mm-hmm. just to stay like another three months in Thailand. Right. So the situation by the time was like, you know, completely different than what's today. Mm-hmm. So the biggest uh, uh, difference between a digital nomad and a remote worker is that remote worker is what I believe is just the first phase before becoming a digital nomad if you want to become a digital nomad. Right. Remote worker is That's- a person that has... You know, test, yeah, to test the waters a little bit, I suppose, right? Exactly, exactly. Remote worker is a person that owns a flat or rents a flat somewhere in a major city and has the employer that tells that, you know what, you can go like three months, two months, wherever you want to be, and you can work remotely. So these people test the freedom and they go maybe for like two, three months. Let's say they're Americans. They go to Mexico, they go to Panama, they go to Bermuda, they go to Barbados. And for that three months of their life, they, they see like that's remote life, life you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of like remote work life. And then they go back to their city where they have their friends, they have their life, they have their house, whatever. The difference with digital nomads is that digital nomads have no, like, they don't own things. They, they, they don't own contracts on the phone. They don't own houses. They don't have, like, big luggage. They live very minimal life, and they don't own cars, and they just work, like, while they travel, and they travel a lot. They maybe change, like, five, six cities per year, six, mm-hmm. like, seven cities per year. So what I believe that digital nomads, remote workers, sorry, potentially can become digital nomads, and that is something that everybody is actually asking me or ask people in the industry, mm. how can I be a digital nomad? How can I become like flex- flexible sure. and travel the world? Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I wanted to ask you from a, from a personal standpoint, um, because uh, working at IME Hotel and Bidroom, you know, we have this hybrid system where we have the capability of working remote. Um, and so this is a very interesting thing to a lot of people. Uh, now, out of all the places that you've been, and I know uh, Kayak just put out this, uh, work from wherever ranking list of all the different places to work remotely from. Uh, and, you know, I have to take a look to see what they're actually uh, ranking it based off of, of people living there or whatnot. Uh, but my question to you is, uh, out of all the places working remote, um, 
where have you found like the this is the place to work remote you know the people the food uh, the cost of living travel all those different things where would you say would be a cool place to work from yeah that's a great question christian so let's let's say uh if you are american or if you live in uh, the americas um i would recommend like maybe panama or mexico based on the uh, health system safety in the country the also pricing of local life and the local community and the digital nomad community that is in this place. Mm-hmm. I can mention like Cabo, I can mention Tulum, uh, Sayulita, which is a great city. In Panama, I can mention Playa Venao or mm-hmm. Bocas del Toro, great cities to be and to work for a couple of months and to start your nomadic life. Mm-hmm. While if we speak about Europe, like the best country where you can go, I believe is Portugal. Portugal, which was also ranked by Kayak, and I, I, I saw that also today, what, uh, what you just mentioned. Uh, Portugal is actually one of the uh, favorite countries for nomads. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do lots of activities, you can surf, uh, there is lots of yoga, lots of wellness, uh, quality of life is great. Uh, it's still a cheap country like to live, mm-hmm. not to buy maybe real estate, but to live is still like cheap, it might go and increase. Uh, but you can manage to, to, to live a good life there and to maybe like go for a restaurant like two or three times per, per week without like feeling like, mm-hmm. you know, that you're spending too much money. And there is a great local community, a great digital nomad community. Uh, Spain is also a great country. I think Eastern Europe is, uh, is, is starting like, you know, there are many, many countries like Estonia. Mm-hmm. And then um, I would say if you go to Asia, Thailand is the country to be a digital nomad. Indonesia is definitely like Bali with Bali is one of the top countries in the world for digital nomads but it's been a country for digital nomads since maybe like 10 years already Mm -hmm. so they're well prepared and they know how to attract digital nomads and and then i i cannot mention like you know i cannot finish to mention uh like you know my my favorite place in the world which i'm living right now which is barbados barbados is one of the like Caribbean islands, mm-hmm. uh, which started the fourth visa for digital nomads, is probably a bit more expensive than the countries that I mentioned mm-hmm. uh, before, but uh, it has a very good quality of life and is a very magic island. Mm-hmm. So I definitely recommend it. I, I think uh, maybe with this episode, we should call all the DMOs that you mentioned of these countries and see if we can get them to sponsor us because uh, all, those places, <laughs> all those places we you mentioned, I'm on my way. I want to go. <laughs> so, we should do that. We should do that. <laughs> you know, uh, sticking with the same, um, you know, I got to mention the last couple of years of the pandemic. Um, you know, how do you think that this pandemic has fundamentally and irreversibly changed the way we work, live and travel uh, in the future? Yes. So um, as I mentioned before, I started my role uh, as a global head of partnerships and go to market in Selina in early 2019. Mm -hmm. And I remember like speaking with Rafi Museri, our CEO, and Rafi was like, pitch me like, you know, the, the, the future of digital nomads, how to build the house for digital nomads in the future. Mm-hmm. And Rafi was doing that since 2015. So he knew it that, that, you know, most likely this thing was happening like in the world, like probably like in, a, in the next five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. So by 2019, we were planning, okay, maybe by 2030, like this digital nomad trend is going to explode. What happened with the pandemic that again, necessity like what actually made me a digital nomad back in 2015. So necessity Mm. made people to start realizing that they can work from home and start realizing that actually they don't need to be in the city. They don't need to be like in the office every day. So I believe like, you know, what you just mentioned, like the work 
live and travel is all connected right. like pandemic just paid up completely the process of going to remote which was something that maybe will happen like by 2030 2025 is actually happening right now is already happening since like uh, one year ago two mm -hmm. years ago and 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 they say you know you start from work you don't have to work in your office anymore your employer actually there are now so many companies in the world that are giving 100% fully flexibility a remote work policy. And now they're offering this as a benefit. Mm -hmm. and, and what happens in the opposite side that many people say, you know what, if you don't give me remote work, I'm not going to work for you. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about great resignation, like many people right. that are looking for like more flexibility in their life. And this is connected with living. Why do I need to pay a $3,000, $4,000 apartment rent for an apartment in the major city to be like half an hour from my office mm -hmm. if I can live one hour, two hours, or maybe six hours, or maybe in an island close to the country, mm -hmm. and I can spend way less, and I can have a better life, and my kids can go maybe to a public school, which is way cheaper, mm -hmm. and the health system is way cheaper, and then I can do the same job, and I can be like sharp for eight hours, nine hours, ten hours a day, wherever you work, and, and you know, that is also going to affect the travel, because mm -hmm. now people are looking, okay, you know what, I live in a different country, so I don't live in New York City anymore, so you know, why, why do I do, like, you know, maybe I do some domestic traveling, and uh, maybe my length of stay, which is going to maybe to increase. Right. So I go to a country for maybe a week and not just for two days or three days. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, 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 everything is affected by the work and everything is affected by the living. So I think uh, I think we are we're in the middle of a revolution. It's starting already, but it's an exciting time. Yeah, 100% agree. And this is with most health hotel A's, you know, um, technology providers. You know, a lot of these things were already starting. The pandemic just accelerated it. Um, and so those who were kind of ready for it uh, benefited from it. And I guess in that sense, let's let's talk a little bit about a hospitality industry because, you know, it's been a tough time in so many ways. Uh, however, as in many challenging situations, there's also, as I mentioned, opportunities to be found. Um, you know, what opportunities are out there for the hospitality in industry that you see at the moment? And how can hotels take advantage of the digital nomad trend? Yes. I mean, I, I think we, as I mentioned before, we, we've been uh, living the hardest time in the history for the hospitality industry. Mm -hmm. um, I was in, I was in Selena and I actually worked like during the pandemic in the team that the, the built Selena, keep, kept building Selena, kept like, you know, so uh, surviving, like, you know, mm -hmm. in the company, like making things uh, good for our customers, for our employees. Mm -hmm. So uh, definitely like it's a, it was a, it was a, it was a very hard time. And I feel like now um, what what hospitality industry see it's it's a new uh, it's a new way of traveling. There are many trends that I can mention. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, like the length of stay is not probably the short length of stay that we we had before. Like people are not looking to travel for two three days. Let's talk about maybe Americans. They go to Mexico. They're not mm -hmm. going to Mexico for maybe two three days like before. They're maybe going to Mexico for one week, mm -hmm. for like ten days, for fifteen days. So people are maybe have like more time. They don't want to get stuck in a country. They don't want to have any restrictions. Mm -hmm. So they're looking for more comfort and and different kind of experience mm -hmm. we're talking also about solo travel there are many people that are just fed up to be in the house and they want to like start traveling and you know that's connected with the digital nomad mm -hmm. so maybe there is a trend where hospitality industry can actually focus on the solo travel uh, which is completely new target maybe for many of them i actually help many hotels with my company toa partners which is a consulting firm mm -hmm. and we flip hotels to this new wave 
and to this new target. We, we meet many hotels, they say, look, I used to target business people, but business people are not traveling anymore mm -hmm. because they work from home. Okay. So who should they travel? Who should they target right now? Mm -hmm. Should they target families? Should they target young people? Should they target digital nomads? So with very little money, you don't need lots of money to, to change your, you know, maybe your vision and to change like your dress in the hospitality industry, but maybe you can focus more on the technology. Mm -hmm. So how to attract people with the technology, maybe how to attract people with different OTAs, uh, um, you know, maybe some OTAs, they target like some target, they target like some specific customers, mm -hmm. maybe some other OTAs target niche. So why don't you like target on the niche? And what you, why don't you like brand your, your hotel in a different niche? Mm -hmm. uh, as well, like many hotels have empty space. So let's talk about like huge location. They have empty land in front of them. Why don't you put like maybe 10, 15 tents and you start your glamping resort next to your hotel sure. and so you attract completely a different kind of people they want to travel more in the sustainability mm -hmm. way of traveling and they love glamping or empty space inside your rooms or inside your you know your lounge mm -hmm. why don't you convert the lounge into a co-working space and i can mention more i can mention like you know the the uh, you know vr you know using the vr you know we're looking now at metaverse and we're yeah. looking more at augmented reality vr so maybe the whole experience like people want to see where they're going before mm -hmm. they're going and so vr can help like also these hospitality brands to to attract customers in a different way 100 mm -hmm. i mean i think there's a lot of opportunities uh, out there and um you know looking at the way uh the world has uh, changed over the last couple of years you know me as a traveler I, I spend a lot of time uh, researching places I go because, as you mentioned, people are looking to travel longer, uh, but maybe less frequent. You know, and spending spending Absolutely. a day or two, if I can get some work from home uh, or work remotely, and you know, holiday time, I'm gonna take both of those and merge them together. So I'm gonna do a couple of days of work, uh, a couple of days of holiday, and spend a, a longer period. So I think there's a lot of opportunities for hotel A's, uh, especially with the digital nomad. Uh, nomads that are out there and, you know, being able to cater to these different uh, groups. Now, since we are still in the beginning of 2022, you mentioned a lot of kind of things that hotel lays uh, can do to attract these digital nomads. But I would like to give our listeners a couple industry predictions. So uh, for this year, so outside digital nomads, what kind of trends, you know, technologies or anything like this, what do you think is going to be the big thing this year? What should hoteliers look out for? Yeah, absolutely. So 2022, it's an important year. We are maybe going to start looking at revenue coming for uh from like you know traveling finally you know we were saying 2021 was the year now we are saying 2022 is really connected with the restrictions of countries but what we are looking right now with many hotels that we work with there is you know like there are good signs i can tell you barbados in uh december january like this high season is booming there are so many people here right now and and the island is looking at the same numbers of 2019 and 2018 mm -hmm. so which which is good so it's a good sign for the industry but again i think like there are many trends that we should mention so one of the trends that i i, I love to mention and I, I love to bring it up in this uh, in this podcast is probably the holistic hospitality health and well-being mm -hmm. we are looking into like one trillion dollar market so traveling for holistic traveling for health and wellness reasons uh, 
um, there is a huge space there. I think we haven't, like in the last two years, people really got into like wellness, really got into like working out, really got into yoga, really got into like mental health. And, and so every hospitality brands, every hospitality like um, chains that is looking to offer all of these products within their brands, within their location, I think it's going to attract like a huge number of people into that location so uh, you know i can tell you like here in barbados again i don't want to mention barbados a thousand times but i live there i live here i love it yeah. but you know barbados you know has served everywhere in yeah. the island so if an hospitality brand like here in barbados is attracting like surfers mm -hmm. that that's a win you know you're tracking like you know what people want to do here in this island mm -hmm. so again it's a health wellness so another trend that i would love to mention is probably the corporate off-site mm -hmm. Guys, so, you, you know, I'm talking right now, like at this podcast, maybe some, some of these uh, hoteliers are listening to us. So what I suggest is, you know, if you are looking, if you have a space, it's the moment to attract corporate teams. Mm -hmm. Like corporate teams, I think is one of the biggest trends of 2022, 2023. Mm -hmm. The reason why I'm mentioning this, because many companies right now in the world, they are fully remote. They have their employees working from home. The only way to get, to keep culture between these employees is to get people together. Mm -hmm. So before people were going to the office and were working together. Now people are from home. There are many new employees in these companies. Mm -hmm. So the only way to get these people together is to get people in an offsite mm -hmm. company retreat. Mm -hmm. So what I suggest to many hoteliers is look, maybe build a small team that pitch to B2B companies mm -hmm. and to offer your location and actually not only offering your location, but building also a corporate team, corporate offsite for that team. Mm -hmm. It's a huge market and companies, they don't have time to look for locations. They don't want, they spend lots of money when they do offsites. So if you manage to offer a great location for them, great pricing for them and offering also like a tailored event where you can offer food experience like location space mm -hmm. uh, and com like local community mix so you get a mix of everything that's a win mm -hmm. so i really suggest companies should look into this audience should look into this and and again like technology is huge as i mentioned before vr the whole dig digitalization of you know getting customers guest experience so it's like now experience is one of the most important things that people are looking at mm -hmm. so people are not traveling because they want to do the back list people are traveling to meet with other people people mm -hmm. are traveling to have an amazing experience and to build remarkable memories for the rest of their life so we are talking of an year after like two years of you know loneliness mm -hmm. people got stuck in their houses families got stuck in the houses lots of problems people just want to get out just yeah. want to get out just just, just want to connect so if hoteliers make sure to offer experiences and make experience like a revenue stream for the company where they build tailored experience personalized tailored experience or group experience for their customers this is another win 100 mm -hmm. agree with everything you say i think that uh in this next coming years i think we should uh in 2023 connect again patricio because we'll take a look at all these predictions that made and see uh how many of you got them right because i think i'm on board with you on every single one of them um now we're i have another prediction for you yes yeah, yeah go Just for it last prediction for you i i, I want to be very ambitious on that but by 2035 we're gonna have uh, maybe almost 1 billion digital nomads in the world 
Okay. I, I maybe I may, maybe I'm very very high with this number, but we are talking about a population of 8.8 .8 billion yeah. by 2035, and I believe like all these remote workers will transition in a digital nomad life. So this is a huge opportunity for the hospitality industry. Okay, so one eighth, one eighth of the planet will be working remotely, or one eighth of the planet will work remotely everywhere in the world and will travel everywhere in the world. So if hotels understand this today, they have huge time. They have maybe like the next 10 years to shift and to attract more of this target, yeah. they are going to be the force in the market. Start preparing now. Okay, well, we'll, we'll catch up on that. I'll, ca I'll catch you down the line and we'll, we'll see if we can find those numbers. So you it, know, it's, probably, it's probably very far from today, but I hope you know, we're going to have another podcast by 2035. I, I think so. I think we can do that. I, I don't think that's going to yeah. be a problem. I'm sure we'll meet up exactly. since you're, you're a digital nomad. I'm, I'm sure we'll meet up somewhere on the road. Somewhere uh, in the world. Yeah, somewhere in the world, down the road somewhere. Um, so, I mean, you know, I know you're, you're a busy guy, Patrizio. I know you're working on your first book. Uh, you got so many things that are happening. Any big plans or things we should be looking out that you're doing? And if people want to get in touch with you, uh, how can they do so? Absolutely. So thank you for that. Um, so I'm working right now, like my, my focus right now is within two companies. So my first company is called Toa Partners. And it's a, a consulting firm that helps hospitality brands, they have hotels, they have co-living, co-working, and we can actually build with our team, we can build glamping resorts, we can build everything that makes more revenue for hotels and for hospitality brands. And we know how to flip that because actually we work for Selena and Selena was like flipping distressed properties into beautiful hotels with very like little budget. So that's what we are doing right now. We're helping many hotels already and we, we hope to help many more in this big transition, in this big revolution. The other company that I'm working on is called Cotel, C-O-O-T-E-L. And uh, you can find me like Cotel, C-O-O-T-E-L dot CO and this company is actually uh, building uh, uh, a platform for digital nomads. So we're actually looking into the digital nomad space and into the company team, company of site, what I mentioned before, which is going to be a huge trend. And we help them, these two customers, these two group of customers, to start their you know nomadic life mm -hmm. or to or to actually find locations to go and to experience like an amazing offsite for companies. So we partner with many hotels. So if any uh, hoteliers is here, is listening and is following this podcast, if you guys want to uh, reach out, you know, we're, we're, we're happy to, to connect with you. We're happy to look into the opportunity to work together and to get you more revenue and to maybe use your location as our location. So the easiest way to find me is maybe, uh, um, you know, by my uh, website, uh, patrizioambrosetti.com I hope that my presentation you know everybody can understand <laughs> the Italian but you know maybe you can find like you know, the yeah. title so my name in the title of this podcast yeah we'll we'll link it in the uh the subject there so Patrizio brilliant stuff uh, always a pleasure to talk to you let's uh, make Likewise. it sooner than two years next time um so again thanks for your time today much appreciated Thank you for inviting, Christian. Love to be here and love to see the progress of this podcast and the future of this hospitality industry. Cool. I think we'll wrap it up here for today. So to all our listeners, thank you for joining. We have another great episode planned for you, so watch this space. 
Remember to stay up to date with all our events by signing up to the I Meet Hotel mailing list and visiting us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Or hey, you can go old school. Email us at info at imeethotel.com. So today we talked, we questioned, we learned, and most importantly, we hope we gave you something to think about. Also, if there's anything you want us to cover in future episodes, we've got a podcast team that's eager to dive into some weird and interesting research topics. So get in touch with us and let us know if there's anything you want to know about hospitality. The I Meet Hotel podcast is a production from I Meet Hotel and Bidroom, the first subscription-based online travel community. Visit bidroom.com to learn more.